Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what can the Bucks expect from Vita Vea the first month of the season? And which side of the football will have a bigger impact for the Bucks? And should fans be worried about Ronald Jones? Who you got this weekend in college football? Can Miami beat LSU and Florida State beat Virginia Tech? The Rays, that's a big story, but is it being followed nationally? Your questions on our popular mailbag segment tonight and some college football talk on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, I want to tell you about a special offer from the folks at Audible.com. Sign up now and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this podcast, you also get a free audiobook. Now, here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. All right, so I was at Buck's practice. They had their uh, sort of a, I guess it was like a Friday practice, if you will. They got to walk through today. And then, of course, they play the final preseason game on Thursday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Most starters will sit. So, um, but it was interesting. We had a, a special guest out at One Buck Place, Vince Carter. Vince Carter of, uh, of NBA fame. He's, he's 41 years old. Um, the guy's played, I, I think if you're like 21 years old, you've only known him to be in the NBA. He's played like 21, 22 seasons. Wow. Uh, plays, plays for the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, one of the greatest dunkers of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, he walked out. I didn't, I did not, I will admit, I'm, I'm a casual NBA fan, but regardless, I mean, he wasn't, you know, didn't like a hit like he had a number of uniform on. He walked out in his Nike stuff and his hat and stuff. And I, I knew you could tell he was an athlete. He started throwing a football. So immediately I knew he wasn't a football player. Um, not that he couldn't throw it, but it's kind of an elongated. Anyway, uh, and he was taller. He was a taller, as taller as taller than Jameis. Um, and somebody says, I was like, well, this got to be somebody because everybody came up to him, quarterbacks first. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that's Vince Carter, man. And um, he got to hang out. He didn't, I guess, the way practice was structured. He didn't talk to the team or anything. We talked to Dirk Cutter afterwards, and he was like, yeah, now there's a guy. You know, think talk about a dude that kept himself in shape and, and uh, has been battling for that many years. That's an incredible, incredible amount of time to play in the NBA, especially if you're not a big man, if you're the guy getting up and down the floor all the time. And I think I looked up, Steve, where he's made – Somewhere over a hundred and sixty million dollars in his career. Wow, something outrageous like that—almost one hundred and seventy. Goodness gracious! Now, if he was at one buck place, he's a celebrity. Did anyone take a picture that caused an uproar? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I haven't seen one at least on. Uh, and and Hulk Hogan wasn't there to take a picture with Vince, so that was a good thing. Um, but no, I I didn't see anything. It was just you know you get these random. Um, Usually they're athletes, but you'll sometimes get you know a celebrity or two come out there, uh, and you just you never know what to expect. But there he was, man. It's like Vince Carter, you know, Florida kid, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Things from here on the East Coast, and uh, yeah. So 
No, we got a Bucks fan that's uh, that's local. Gerald McCoy, uh, if you want to go on Twitter, at Geraldini, um, tweeted out a picture of himself. I don't know if this is a recent one or not, but he has uh, has a Raptors, has a Vince Carter Raptors jersey. That's um, old school. Of course, he played for a hundred. He's played teams, for a lot man. of teams, especially the last oh, few years. Goodness, yeah, just bouncing around everywhere. Um, like I said, he's in Atlanta now, but but uh, before that, you know, he spent some time in Toronto. He's he has played everywhere: Phoenix, you name it. Um, Memphis, Dallas. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's been a thousand places, but. Pretty cool. The best, the the coolest thing. You now, like I said, I'm not a big NBA fan. I've gone to a few games in Orlando, you know. They, but the one guy that uh, I met, the one athlete, I think. When I say met, I meant like saw him from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> when I say he's a close personal friend, what I mean is that I watched him on TV. Thank you very much, um, Stephen A. Yes. Uh, but it's like. Uh, uh, we were, and this is years ago, and I've seen them since. But like um, the Bucks were really hot, you know, they were like just the thing, and it was around the Super Bowl or one of those years that they were they were really good. Um, and there frequently was some some people would come through uh, the locker room, but uh, uh, sure enough, I looked up and there was Michael Jordan, and I there was no bigger Jordan fan than me. Um, you know, that was I, mean, I was playing pickup basketball at that time, but I was really into it and really into the bulls and uh uh and so michael jordan walked by and i've since seen him because he's the you know owner of the bobcats or whatever he's been in many a press box when we go to charlotte and we'll go to uh the, the panthers games mm-hmm. and you to get to the owner's box you walk through the same level as where we are um and so you look over there like hey man that's michael jordan that's 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 the jump man right there so that's pretty cool because i mean you know to talk about iconic Right, kind of an iconic uh, sales figure, uh, mm-hmm. you know, greatest goat. That's the goat, right? Um, now there's the, now there's well, debate. Is LeBron the goat? No, it's LeBron, and I, I, I it just I think it depends on what your age is and all that stuff. But nonetheless, there was a time when he clearly was the goat, if he's not still. And um, so that was pretty cool. But Vince Carter was pretty cool too. It was pretty cool seeing him. So were there yeah. any pickup anyway. games going on after practice? <laughs> Basketball, <laughs> probably wise? not. I'll bet that if there was one guy, though, who do you think the one guy that would bend his ear the most about basketball would be? It should be obvious. Deshaun Jackson? Mm, no, that's a really good one. The biggest uh, – now, I should amend this because the biggest basketball fan, the guy that loved the game the most, I would say, was Mike Evans. Mike Evans knows yeah. a lot about yeah. basketball. Yeah. Mike's a big basketball he'll, – he'll handicap the NCAA tournament for you. So he's really into hoops. Um, but the guy, the guy I would expect that would have been thought this was really cool, would have been Brent Grimes because you know Miko wants him to play in the NBA. No, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Thinks, part. thinks he still can. So you could be like, well, maybe you know, Miko invited year. Vince to the practice. It's possible. Today. Maybe she tried to talk her man out of football. I mean, to to Vince Carter, he's a young guy. You know, he's only thirty five. so yeah. he's got a good six more years. But yeah, so I'm sure there was a number of guys that are. Big NBA fans. It's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, that was our, so far our biggest, uh, probably our biggest practice. Well, that was Hulk Hogan. So, you know, got to compete with that too. Anyway, on to the mailbag questions. We got a lot of them. I'm ready to go. And I got nothing but the right answers tonight. I feel really lucky. All right. We got a lot of Bucks questions. Some of them will take some time. Some are going to be pretty quick on just updates on things. But we'll start with yeah. Ellis, who asked, which side of the ball is poised to have a bigger impact for the Bucks this season? The defense? Or the offense? Wow. Great question, Ellis, right out of the bat. Um, 
look, I'm going to say that that the offense will probably be better um, simply because they have the most weapons. But the, the one that's that's poised to have a better year or the best year, uh, I think, is the defense. Um, only because they've invested the resources on the defensive line. Now, again, you know, health and all those things being what they are, there's no slam dunk that these guys – I think they have to play together for a while – it's not going to be out of the gate, you know, and they have six sacks and, you know, at New Orleans or anything, I don't think. Um, but I think they'll get better and better if they're able to stay healthy enough to stay on the field. But when you talk about, you know, just a total rebuild to go with Gerald McCoy um, and you got, you know, Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry and Mitch Unrein if he comes back from his concussion and then, um, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, of course, I think is the, the biggest piece of those guys. Absolutely, that's going to make – for their defense, which was last, last in the NFL, both in sacks and defense overall, I think that is going to be the most recognizable change. Um, I still think they have holes on defense. I think they're fairly big um, in the secondary. They're not very deep once you get past Grimes and Hargraves. I know they got some young you know, corners they're going to play a lot, and Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. Um, the safeties, you know, I think Chris Conte is a better player than most people give him credit for, but Justin Evans is just in his second year. They don't have a lot behind him, a rookie Jordan Whitehead, you know, Keith Tandy, who's kind of a journeyman. So um, they got some holes, but, you know, a good defensive line can cover up uh, an awful lot, you know. And so I think I'm going to say it's I'm going to say defense will have a bigger impact because they had so so much further to go. Uh, and we know the offense is probably going to be stymied a bit, at least at the start of the year with Fitzpatrick, and then we'll see how quickly Jameis kind of gets up to speed when he comes back. So I'm going to say the defense. All right, well, Chris asks, and you talked about the defensive linemen. Chris is asking, mm-hmm. how many D linemen do you think Mike Smith will rotate each game, and will Gerald McCoy get less snaps due to the, due to the potential depth on the D line to keep him fresher for the season? Yes, and that is uh, another outstanding question, and and it is uh, exactly what the Bucks are thinking. Is you know, it's it's got to become you know more quality rather than quantity. I mean, Gerald is a guy that plays an awful lot of plays, uh, but you know, in the fourth quarter, you don't get that impactful sack. And what teams have have stated that they try to do is get McCoy running and moving laterally early in the first quarter, um, tire him out, hope that he's not a factor later in the game. Um, so I've talked to Gerald about this and, you know, if he's used to playing 55, 60 snaps a game, well, that's going to come down, I think, um, probably to about 45 or so, but he thinks this is going to make him more effective, not less. I mean, he thinks he'll be able to go full out, um, you know, have a better rush, bigger impact. So that's sort of what they're going to do is for the number of defensive linemen. I mean, typically you dress probably seven. I want to say um, on the upside, maybe eight, but you usually want a guy that can play both inside and outside, you know, if, if you need the versatility for that. Um, but yet yeah, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have seven, eight guys in a rotation and they'll all play. I mean, I don't, I don't know a guy that they would dress that wouldn't, wouldn't be in the mix. I think that's the theory this year is to sort of emulate what the Philadelphia Eagles did with, you know, just waves and waves of um, defensive linemen to keep everybody fresh. All right, well, let's get an update on some of the defensive players. Matthew asks, is Vita Vea ever going to practice? And Rootin' for UF asked, what can we expect from Vita Vea in the first month of the season? Uh, well, you can expect him to practice the first month of the season. <laughs> I think I just answered the question. <laughs> um, 
we don't know exactly what they're going to get. Um, you know, it, it's a little like it's the box of chocolates, you know, Forrest Gump on the on the bench question. But I I do think that they say, and they being you know Dirk Cutter or whoever answers to Dirk Cutter, um, that Vita is coming along just fine. And so you know, the first day in pads, he has the calf strain and it's a soft tissue injury. I immediately think of big guy, 347 pounds, struggling with the heat. First day of pads a little bit. Dehydration, bada bing, you know, all of a sudden you get a muscle pull. So um, it's it's they had him on the field the other day, and the trainers were with him. He didn't practice, but they had him in full gear. They had him in full uh, battle gear, you know, helmets, shoulder pads, the whole deal, and, and he was running. So he was starting to do some fo- some football activities, if you will, and running in his in his pads and and uh, you know the biggest thing for him is going to be conditioning. I mean, he could have really benefited you know from practice because I think every player does, and especially a young player in learning sort of the NFL game. Um, but he also could have really benefited from getting in shape, and I think it's going to take him a while. They're not going to play him a ton of snaps, and they you know it'll take him a while to probably kind of get up to speed. But if you talk to Gerald McCoy and some of these guys that did watch him while he was practicing, they said he don't even know how good he's going to be. That once he once he learns that he can put his hands on you and set you backwards, <laughs> they, <laughs> Gerald was like, man, I'm going to be from some people by the end of the day going, man, please don't do that to me anymore. <laughs> he goes, he's so strong. He goes that he literally can just like, you know, get hands on you and go, okay, you're going this way. And there's nothing you can do. And so Vita was starting to learn that, I guess, and uh, now he's got to start over. So, But I, I, think it's, I think he'll make an impact. It's just he'll have to get himself in shape. And, you know, if he plays 15, 20 snaps, if he can give you that and give you 15, 20 good ones, I mean, unfortunately, he missed all the technique work. I mean, the NFL, you know, is not just, you know, line up and hit the guy in front of you as much as it is in college football. So, you know, it, he, he lost a lot. It's going to hurt his rookie season overall. Uh, but they're just happy that, you know, it looks like at least he'll be available for week one. Well, Billy asked about a different defensive lineman. He says, what's going on with Mitch Unrein? You know, uh, unfortunately for Mitch, who, again, in talking to some guys, Gerald included, they say this guy's like just one of the most professional football players, a guy that, you know, the old axiom, you know, first one in, takes, you know, great notes, ask questions, matter of fact about everything. But the problem is very early on, I don't even know if they were in pads yet, he uh, got into the concussion protocol. He must have taken one hell of a hit because it has knocked him out the entire training camp. And and I don't mean literally knocked him out, but he, he had to have been scrambled a little bit with the concussion. So, you know, th- th- it's open-ended. There's no, I- there's no really uh, idea until you're cleared by an independent neurologist, you know, um, that's it. I mean, you can't, you just can't play. So this must have been quite a wallop. And I got to believe that, you know, after four weeks, hopefully he's getting better for his own sake. I mean, that's a long time to suffer, you know, with, uh, with a concussion that must have been very serious. All right, let's move to the secondary. Jesse asks, when is MJ Stewart going to come back to practice? I don't know. See, all these questions are great, and if I knew, I think I'd write about it or I'd call them and let and ask them because then they would tell me and then you would not have to ask me. But the reason you haven't seen those kind of answers in the newspaper or online is because, well, 
no one's saying anything. My sense about Stewart is that, again, it's not uh, serious. He would not have played this week uh, anyway against Jacksonville. Uh, um, so, like, if you're a starter or that next wave, you're probably not going to play. Um, but I've seen him. I've seen him around. I mean, he's still not doing much. Uh, again, I, I think no one's led me to believe he wouldn't be ready for New Orleans. Um, but right now, he's not doing much of anything. All right. Well, we'll keep it in the secondary, but we won't ask for an injury update. <laughs> Alejandro asks: Other than Con- Chris Conte, who is a player that fans always bring down or talk bad about? I mean, Hargraves has had his detractors, but mm-hmm. probably deservedly so. The one that I don't get is Gerald McCoy. Uh, I, for the life of me, I don't get it. And I know he still has a ton of detractors. Um, I mean, I can give you the factors. You know, it's it's fairly obvious why. But the biggest, you know, the biggest thing is that he's synonymous with a losing franchise. That, you know, he came in 2010, I believe. Or, uh, or thereabouts um, was a you know third overall pick, and he's had four head coaches and thirteen defensive line coaches, and you know through all those years, this is his ninth season. He's only had two years where they had winning seasons, winning seasons, not playoffs. Hasn't playoffs? Haven't been to the playoffs yet. So when you have a guy like that, that's as high highly paid because he's one of the top paid players in the NFL, and um, you know, and you're just sort of the face of futility uh, from a franchise standpoint, you get the crap kicked out of you. Um, the other reason is he's not Warren Sapp, and really that's all you have to say. Now, we all know there's only one Warren Sapp, and there's a guy with almost 100 sacks and, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer and two all-decade teams and a Super Bowl ring and all that. So uh, it, very hard to – you know, Gerald, from the time he got here, you never want to be the guy that follows the guy, but that's who Gerald was. They really got lucky to find somebody as good as him. I mean, Gerald McCoy is going, you know, if he goes to, how about this? If he goes to one more Pro Bowl and he's gone to six in a row, that's as many as Warren Sapp. Now, Warren Sapp was a two time all decade player in the 90s and the 2000s. And he was, def- like I said, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champ. Gerald is more than likely not going to be those things. Um, but what he has done is he's had plenty of longevity, um, you know, plenty of, of, of sacks and all that. And so, yeah, I, for whatever reason though, you know, whether it's his demeanor, he picks guys up after he knocks them down, um, sort of goes after people on social media once in a while when he's insulted people, just an inordinate amount of people based on the type of player he is, um, seem to just like Gerald McCoy. And I, I really have never figured that out. Well, speaking of Chris Conte, which started the question, Joe asked, <laughs> yeah, is his right. job safe, and is it Watson over Wilson at wide receiver? Yes, Chris Conte's job is safe. Really, um, the only guy that would eventually take it would probably be Jordan Whitehead, I suppose, of this group. I mean, they've had Keith Tanley here for years, and they like him as a backup, but you know, the, even though he had a nice stretch at the end of one season where he had four four picks in five games. They've just never seen him as a starting safety. Um, so you have Justin Evans, who's a young guy, and he'll continue to play and get better. And and I just don't I don't think that Jordan Whitehead is is ready to take it yet. So yeah, I think I think Conte is a guy. And the thing about Conte, if you really if you really break down his numbers throughout his career, um, particularly the last three or four seasons, 
I mean, the guy's had as many tackles as, as some Pro Bowl safeties, and he's had more fumble recoveries. He's had five of those uh, over the last few years. And, um, you know, the interceptions, he's, he's not – He's not leading the league, um, but it's not it's not embarrassing either. I think he's just like a seven or eight over the last three years. So, you know, he he plays, he shows up on tape, and he makes like the other night there was a um, and I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. If you want to go on TampaBay.com, but there was a play. It was early in the game. Uh, Detroit was driving. They had a bunch formation, and they hit a pass, and a guy was just wide, completely open. I mean, it was a coverage bust, obviously. And as is many times the case, you see Conte, who is not covering the receiver and clearly out of place. He hustled over and he got the angle and he dragged the guy out before he could score a touchdown. And the defense held him and they ended up kicking a field goal. That hustle play is a four-point swing. Now, most people saw the guy who was closest to the receiver that was wide open and said, aha, he screwed up. This is Chris Conte's fault. And he had to sprint over to make up for it. But in actuality, it was never Conte's guy, but he's just a big hustle guy. And, you know, that's what coaches appreciate. They love his athleticism. They think he could cover receivers man-to-man in the slot if, he, if they are outside, if they asked him to. And sometimes they do. Um, but, yeah, so that's, my, that's sort of my speech on Chris Conte. I think he's solid for this year. All right, what about Watson over Wilson at wide receiver? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that Watson, uh, the rookie from Penn, is going to make this football team. I'm not sure about Bobo. Bobo's really talented, um, and you know they they've got so many receivers that somebody's going to get picked up, you know, before they can put him back on the practice squad. And I think Bobo's practice squad eligible. But you know, to to let uh, you know Justin Watson to let him out of here, he might get claimed. I mean, he's a big physical receiver that plays all the special teams, plays them well, can run, um, you know, high points the ball, has good hands. I mean, I'm not saying he's not Chris Godwin-ish, but, you know, he's a quick study, and I think he's going to fit right in with some of these bigger guys that they have on this team. He's had a really impressive training camp. So – it's going to be a battle for that last spot. Don't you got you also got Freddie Martino's in that group, and um, you know until recently, I mean, you had Sergio Bailey and and Jake Lampman, but those guys both got hurt. So um, yeah, I, I think they like the rookie, and I think that. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. That's probably the way they're going to go. All right, well, Jim asks, I know it's only preseason, but should we be worried about Ronald Jones? He has not impressed. I, I mean, I understand why people are worried about him, but I would just say go back and show me the looks he had when he did get in the game because, you know, I think for the most – the whole preseason, for the most part, he's been coming in, you know, when the second group does, wh- whatever offensive line that is. And because they've had so many injuries, a lot of times – 
the second group is the first group or you know and then the then the the third group is the second group so he hasn't had a lot of uh a, a lot of room to run um when he's had it i thought he's taken advantage of it you know um and then you know then we saw the big play in the passing game when they split him out wide left and that was big because on a couple levels one he made a really good play and and i think as a rookie when you're scuffling along and you know all the eyeballs are on you, you know, because you're a high draft pick. Um, sometimes you can press. But, you know, he didn't have a lot of balls thrown to him at USC, only 32, but he handled this one like a champ. Um, so that was good to see. So I think as the year goes on, look, Peyton Barber's going to start, and Peyton Barber's the better running back right now. And you see what what a, a year or five or six starts, whatever it was last year, made a big difference but Ronald Jones is going to make a big impact and he'll make big plays when he's running behind the number one offensive line all the time this guy's explosive I think he's going to have a really good year all right now on to Jameis Winston which has been the biggest topic for this preseason Adam asks I know Winston's really? done playing until his suspension really I know he's done playing until his suspension's over but when does it start and when is he no longer allowed to have contact with the team Hadn't really even uh, – Jameis is going away? What, what's, what is this they speak of? This is, is this breaking news? Did I just break some news on the podcast? <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Yep, I think so. Breaking news, Jameis Winston still suspended. Um, he has to go away after Thursday night's game. Um, that's it. That's so he can't be in the facility him. Friday is what you're saying? I don't believe so. I would I would be surprised if that were the case. I think uh, – now maybe, maybe it can stretch – and I see. I should know this, so I'm kind of guessing a little bit here. But it might be able to stretch until when they have to cut the roster down to 54, which is uh, by to be technical, he could come in probably on on the day after and clean out his locker. But by four o'clock on September 1st, they have to have their roster, and so for that, yeah, from a technical standpoint, they can carry him until they have to get to 53, and it, and he's going to go on a suspended list that doesn't count against the 53. So they'll actually be able to carry an extra player for three weeks while he's away. So when when they get to four o'clock on September 1st, he is bye bye, see you later, and he is not to have contact with uh, anybody in the organization. He'll go off and do whatever he does work out, go back home to Alabama. I mean, I really I really don't know. Um, you know, certainly try to find out. But uh, at any rate, um, that's – and it's funny because the whole no contact thing, I mean, they try to make this as punitive as possible. You know, he's not getting paid either. Oh, by the way. But I remember there was a time when Aqib Tlaib – this is a funny story, not maybe for him, but Aqib Tlaib got suspended for some damn thing. I don't know, Adderall or something. I don't know what it was. And he compounded it because he <laughs> he went to Raymond James. He didn't come out to one buck place, but he had bought a he had a suite. You know, he had he had a suite for the season that his family would sit in. And so the first game that he's not playing, he's out there and he's in the box. And people are looking up, and it's like, Hey yo, Key, what's up, man? And it's like, uh, no. So I turned that one into the league and they told him not to ever do it again. I was kind of surprised they didn't uh they suspend him another game, but well, they wanted his money. To they wanted his money. Not only did he yeah. not get paid, he was paying for a ticket. That's right. Absolutely. So they that was double jeopardy right there. All right, and final Bucks question. Jim asks, with the new tobacco free announcement at the uh, new sombrero, does that mean all tobacco using season ticket holders will get full refunds if they want? 
Uh, no, it means you, your money has gone up in smoke. How's that? <laughs> it's just too bad. Um, yeah, no, there was no fine print on there. Like, you know, hey, oh, by the way, you tobacco smokers, we will refund your money since we decided to make this a tobacco-free zone. You're going to have to take your filthy addiction <laughs> and, and go outside or something. Look, my, my dad smoked. May rest in peace as a, as a result. He only lived to be 74 years old. Um, so I can appreciate that this is going to be a tough thing for uh, for Bucks fans. But, no, you're not getting your money back. When does the NFL ever get anybody's money back? I mean, seriously. Uh, that's a pretty good question. Yeah, that's <laughs> that should have been the our, question on the mailbag. That should have been our mailbag <laughs> question. So speaking of money in the NFL, along with that, have you seen Jerry Jones want, thinks they should go now to an 18-game league? He says they've got uh, right? studies. Studies that show that it's safer for players if they play 18 regular season games instead of four preseason games. Are you out of your mind? No, I believe I, those, I believe those studies show that the NFL could make more money. Yeah, a hell of a lot more That's money. That's what the study shows. Absolutely. I think it's like a billion more dollars with a B. And I think that each player would get about two hundred fifty grand. Now that's an easy sell to players and their wives, especially. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, to suggest that playing two less i mean first of all these days uh, this is the first year i remember this the players was, don't play was, two full preseason games they don't play two if they play into they're only there a short time so how let me get this straight you're going to make them play full speed regular season games when normally those two games you're taking away they don't play in at all the fourth game if you're worth the, your salt you don't even play so i mean it's it's ludicrous but it's absolutely going to help happen because jerry jones is behind it I heard some crazy idea today that there's someone talking about, I don't even know if it's being seriously considered, but bringing up, go to an 18-game schedule, but players can only play 16 games. So you have to not suit up for two games. Why? You have to declare them out? I, I guess. I don't, I, like I said, I don't know if it's a serious consideration or not. I just No, that would never Actually, happen. it was on J.P. Peterson's show on WDAE on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Did JP suggest that? Uh, they were saying that there was an idea out there. I don't know where they got it from. Well, they need to they need to leave it there wherever they found it because that, that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Now, the one thing that would happen, I think, if you had 18 weeks, it's sort of counterintuitive, though, in a way, um, you're going to probably have to have two bye weeks. I remember a season mm -hmm. um, that they had two bye weeks. And you know what? It was weird. I mean, it seemed weird, but it wasn't that bad. You know, it really wasn't. I mean, it was like... I think it, it kind of – it was difficult to, based on when they were, like you didn't want them close together. Right. Because you kind of never really get going, whatever that month is. Um, so maybe they could stagger them a little bit better. But, um, yeah, it's doable. They've done they've done two bye weeks on a 16-game schedule. I'm sure they could do it on an 18-game. Uh, they can figure anything they want out. I mean – Oh, yeah. It's sports, all money, you know, Golf has moved the PGA Championship to May to get out of football season. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember, NASCAR moved Daytona back two weeks when the NFL there was talk about the NFL going to an eighteen game schedule, and the Super Bowl would be pushed back. So they moved Daytona preemptively, you know, trying to make sure they didn't you know do Daytona the same day as the Super Bowl. So NFL can do anything they want, and everybody else adjusts to them. It's their world. I can tell you that for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to the Rays. And Mac asks, "Is it just me, or the Rays story not making it nationally?" Even when we sweep the best MLB team, hardly a whimper. I understand they're not a contender, but they are occasionally more newsworthy. ESPN actually showed New York Yankees versus Baltimore the same day we swept Boston. Paranoid? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, 
Also, you might want to pick up a standings. <laughs> you know, I mean, I look, I am the first to admit that I was wrong um, about everything, about about the Rays, about whether they were tanking, about Kevin Cash, all of it. I was dead wrong. I thought they were going to lose 100, and unless they go on a really bad streak, I don't think that's possible. But um, nationally, I, I've seen some stories. I mean, I really have. I've, I've seen stories about the whole concept of the opener, uh, which was huge. And, uh, you know, and just, I mean, they, they did get on. I, I saw them on SportsCenter when they swept the – the Red Sox. Now it was more in the context of the Red Hey, Sox we got a race. <laughs> yeah, we got a race now in the AL East. All of a sudden, <laughs> the Yankees are back in it. But you know, I mean, they had to mention who did it, and they had Blake Snell. I mean, Blake Snell has gotten a little bit of a run here lately, and rightfully so at sixteen and, and five with a two point oh five ERA. So um, again, you know, smaller market, Tampa Bay. Don't forget, that's where you live. And the networks remind you all the time. And the reason is because there's just not that many people that are interested compared to the bigger markets. I mean, they can say New York Yankees, you know, and how many millions of people stop what they're doing? Um, You say Tampa Bay, and it's exciting for folks around here, but it's not moving the needle nationally. So, you know, that's maybe why you don't see as much about it. But they, people have taken notice of what they've done because – you know, you're going to see it done by more and more teams as we go along because it's been successful here. All right, you brought up Blake Snell. Les asked, is there any chance the Rays would try to cram an extra start in for Blake to get to 20 wins if he gets close as the season winds down? I don't think so. Um, we talked to Mark Tompkin, and it seems like he's at this pace. It looks like he's going to have six more. Six more starts, and he's got to win four to get to 20. So that's going to be tough. Um, I don't know what you can do to get them extra. Um, yeah, I don't think shorter, I don't think they're going to sit rest. there. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that because they're still look. This team, it's about next year and the year after. Yeah, I mean, he's and a so commodity. You're not, you're not, you're not going to risk an injury by him going on short rest trying to get twenty wins. I mean, you no. want him to get twenty wins. You hope he gets it. Right. And you can't, you know, on the mound. I mean, like you could not give up runs, right? Or maybe give one, and if. You know, if your team just can't swing the bats that night, I mean, you lose. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the record is not. It'd be cool if he got twenty. I mean, the club record is David Price got twenty when he won the Cy Young. So it'd be. I mean, he could do it. He's got six starts. He could definitely win four of them. But you know, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, more starts. No, I don't think you can really create many more starts for him. All right, and finally, we'll switch to college football. As tomorrow on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk to Tom Jones as we get ready for Game Four for the Bucks of the preseason, and then Friday we'll have a complete recap of that game. So, talk mm-hmm. a little about college football. The state of Florida. You've got a couple big games this weekend. You've got Miami at LSU on Sunday. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Florida State hosting Virginia Tech on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. USF hosts Elon. Florida's hosting Charleston Southern. UCF on Thursday night begins their title defense at UConn. Who you got in those games? All the Florida teams. You going for the clean sweep? Uh, I think it's going to be a good week for the state, yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody will trip up. Let's just – I mean, the two games that matter, okay, if you're – to me, uh, you've got Miami is playing LSU, and that game I think is in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the way that Mark Rick's teams finished it last year, to say the least. I mean, they really uh, took a nosedive at the very end. Um, 
but you know he had they have a really good defense and, and they led the nation I think with 44 sacks a year ago. Don't forget the um, turnover chain. The turnover chain will be out, dog. It's going to be out, and it's and it's real. And so you know LSU. I love Ed Orgeron. My boy's going to be ready to play. I love Ed Orgeron, but I I don't like him in a, as a game day coach. And they they've got this new quarterback that transferred Joe Burrow from Ohio State, and I heard he wasn't really good at Ohio State, <laughs> you know, so they're putting a lot of faith in him. I mean, LSU will be physical. It's an SEC team. They're not afraid of anybody. Um, but I just think that, you know, for the for the first game, um, but I like Miami. I like, I like Rick in that one. And then, you know, Virginia Tech has to go to Florida State. If this game was neutral or if it was in Blacksburg or something like that, I think it'd be a problem maybe for – FSU, but you got Willie Taggart making his debut. Um, he's named DeAndre Francois as his quarterback, and that's the guy that got hurt, you know, when the wheels fell off in the first game at, against Alabama a year ago. Um, so, I mean, Virginia Tech is it's like the third year under their new head coach, right? Fuente yeah, Justin Fuente came from Memphis. Yep. Yeah, Fuente, and and uh, and they got a good quarterback and Josh Jackson who can run and and throw and we know he's done some good things but defensively they lost a lot of players I think they lost two or three defensive backs to the NFL if I'm not mistaken I mean they they took a bite um now I don't know who they got coming up behind them it's just this is third year like I said but but I like Florida State in that one and then the other two I mean come on really are we going to debate I mean Florida's gonna gonna mop the floor with Charleston and then if USF can't beat Elon oh man it's going to be a long year for well, did USF. Did you see the news today that USF is uh, over a thousand tickets ahead of last year's pace for season ticket sales? That's awesome. So yeah, they're up over I think close to seventeen thousand season tickets, and it's the highest it's been in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, proximity to the national champions probably ratcheted that up a little mm-hmm. bit, knowing that you play the national champions. Yeah, well, yeah, at home this year, so at home, so yeah. everybody wants that ticket, right? So exactly. I mean. I think it's the national champions that are actually helping USF in a weird way. It must be. Any other games pique your interest this weekend? We've got Washington versus Auburn. Uh, that's a top ten matchup. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I, I I don't really know. I don't have a favorite in that one. I I should know who Wisconsin's playing a fairly formidable foe. I think Wisconsin's ranked pretty high this year, and so my wife's a Badger, so I'll be getting you know. Uh, Wisconsin to that. is uh, no, they don't play anybody of note the first game. I'm pretty sure. No, they're going cream puff on us. Uh, I'm first pretty week. sure they do. And then they got BYU. Okay. I think the second week, which yeah. you know when that Mountain game West. was scheduled, it was better than it. It's going to be yeah. now. Uh, Wisconsin's got Western Kentucky on Friday night. No, oh, okay. Well, that's better than yeah. Elon or Charleston Southern. <laughs> yeah, Alabama's hosting or playing Louisville over in Orlando. That would have been a good game about two years ago when Lamar Jackson was quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Michigan Notre Dame in South Bend. That's where uh, college uh, game day uh, will be. Uh oh, uh oh. I will say this about Michigan Notre Dame. No, I'm not kidding about this. This is perfect for the first weekend of college football. It really is. It should be and there you, every year. It, yeah, yeah. And you know why it's perfect? Because these are the two greatest fight songs in in college football history. Yes. I mean, you got Hail to the Victors, and then, you know, Notre Dame's. I mean, it's just, it's it's band gold. I mean, those two bands are, let them fight it out at the 50-yard line, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I want to see. The band is on the field. The band is on the field. 
So I got a question for you, Big Blue. Uh, does uh, Jim Harbaugh have a chance of ever beating buddy anybody that actually is good? I mean, in terms of a rivalry, like Notre Dame, Michigan. That that's probably a rivalry. But like, he's got. Can he beat them? Can he beat Michigan State? Can he beat Michigan? Can he beat Ohio State? I mean, can he beat anybody? He's well, he can't beat, beat Michigan, but he could. You know, beat Michigan State or Penn State or Ohio State. Okay. Uh, look, this year the whole key is is he finally has a quarterback. Right, the transfer it, it, he, from Ole you know, They got Jake Rudock his first year, who was a transfer, a grad transfer from Iowa. who was very mm-hmm. serviceable and now is a backup quarterback for the Lions in the NFL. Yeah. He, had, he found Wilton Spate, who did well for a season. Last mm-hmm. year, Wilton Spate got hurt early in the season. Right. And then John O'Corn and Brandon Peters both were not good enough to carry that team. They, had a top, they were a top two defense in college football last year, and they have almost the whole defense back. They have all their skill position weapons who were freshmen and sophomores last year are now a year older. The offensive line has questions, by far the biggest question on the team. And if Shea Patterson is half as good as they hope he is, the transfer from Ole Miss, then he's finally got a quarterback that can execute an offense. And everyone's saying the offense is going to look completely different because he's got a better skill set than any quarterback they've ever had there. And most people are saying it's the best quarterback. It probably is the best quarterback Harbaugh's had since Andrew Luck in college. Jeez. Assuming he can stay healthy, which was the problem last year, they got off to a really good start last year, and then Wilton Spate got hurt, and the season was basically over at that point because the offense couldn't do anything. If they stay healthy, they've got a shot. Now, the schedule this year is tough. You're at Notre Dame. You're at Ohio State. You're at Michigan State. you got Penn State and Wisconsin. Ouch, ouch, babe. Yeah, that's bad. But are they going to be competing? I I expect them to, assuming Shea Patterson stays healthy. If they have to go to Brandon Peters or Dylan McCaffrey or another quarterback on the roster, then probably not. It's uh, two storied franchises and two phenomenal fight songs. So, yeah, I don't know which way I'm leaning, but that's a good one to start. I'll watch that game for sure. Yeah, that one's on Saturday night. So, you know where I'll be watching Saturday night. No, where? Or what I'll be watching. I'll be at home, but you know what I'll be watching. <laughs> okay, I thought you know where I'll be. Yeah, no, uh, no, I, I know <laughs> in front of your big TV. I, w- I wish I was going I up know. to South Bend for the game. But. Oh, it'd be beautiful. I want to go to South Bend so bad. And, we, you know, we're in Chicago a lot, but it just never seems to work out in the fall when we're there. Um, and I, I have to check and see if Notre Dame's at home when we go to Chicago September 30th or not. But never been to Notre Dame. Would love to go. Would love to go there. Been to Michigan, which is like the coolest campus ever, I think. That I've walked, but yeah, it's uh, way up there. Yeah, it's Ann Arbor School. Ooh, Notre Dame's hosting Stanford on September 29th. Mm. That's a top 20 matchup at this point. Yeah, it is. That's interesting too. There you Very go. Very interesting. Well, I hope I, I I'm ready for college football. College football is back. I get dragged down about this time every year with the NFL and the guys going down and the preseason's too long. And we're very close to the start of the regular season now, though. I mean. You know, we basically have one walkthrough uh, that's close to the public today. Then the Bucks uh, host the Jaguars on Thursday. That's not unintentional. That gives them – they'll start making cuts on Friday, and then I think by Sunday uh, they have to be down to their 53-plus. They'll begin then calling practice squad players. So even some of the guys that get cut will wind up being back on the Bucks, And, uh, and that's a good thing. If you're on a practice squad with Tampa Bay, I mean, they've had – 40-something players, I think, move up and, uh, you know, at different times. So uh, just under Jason Light and those guys. So we'll see. 
Well, hey, those were some great questions. I hope you liked the discussion as far as uh, college football and other things go as well. And uh, we got a big treat for you tomorrow. Tom Jones of the Tampa Bay Times. That's right, Rick and Tom and Steve back together again. In fact, he put us together the first time, so I'll let him do it again tomorrow night. You can blame me. So, <laughs> it is your fault. Uh, and so we will uh, we'll grill him about all things uh, sports here in Tampa Bay, and he's got opinions on everything, as you know, whether you agree with him or not. you got to listen. So that's something that we will be doing for tomorrow's podcast. And, you know, the uh, Rays continue their series, actually wrap up uh, just a two-game set against the Atlanta Braves. And the Bucks are going to get ready and have uh, their last preparation for their Thursday night preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, that will be a wrap after that. Uh, they'll begin cutting guys on Friday, on Saturday, and, Man, we're just around the corner from the start of the regular season against the New Orleans Saints September 9th. So thanks again for listening. As always, you can interact with us uh, all the time. You don't have to wait for a mailbag segment, but send your questions, your comments, what you like, what you dislike, uh, and tweet us at SportsDayTV. That's at SportsDayTV. You can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Got some information, Steve, that uh, we're getting some pretty good reviews uh, for those of you who have had a chance to uh, go and, and rate and review this podcast, and Steve, tell them how they can do that. Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's through Apple Podcast or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, just uh, hit subscribe so it downloads your mobile device every time. But when you hit like on the post or you leave a comment, that always helps us out, and we've gotten really good reviews from you, so thank you. Yeah, and keep that going because that'll help us uh, get out there more. We've got lots of sponsors coming on next week, so you guys are making this podcast successful, and we're just here to talk Tampa Bay sports with you. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. <laughs>